for Matthew 22, and it's a very short passage, but so much for Joel to unpack. And that's from 34, Matthew 22, verse 34, just to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And just before I called Joel to preach, there's a bit of testimony I'd like to share. Um, when I lived in Australia some years ago now, and this is bearing in mind, we're talking about when my boys were little, so two years ago, um, this is the very verse we had at the lovely Catholic church we used to go to in Sydney. And as I left, that verse was playing in my head, love your God with all your heart, soul and mind. And I said to God, driving down this beautiful road, how can I love you like the Bible says, I have got children that are tangible, they kiss me, I hug them, I love them, I know them, and a family that I know and have a relationship with. And I remember saying, how can I love you like that? And then, my next breath was, Lord, if you want me to love you like that, you have to do it, because I can't make you, I can't put you there when the, my children are real. And you know that you love getting and hugging um, and then, it's only when I look back, I see how much God's done in my life. He has definitely put himself where he needs to be. Um, and it isn't that I read the Bible all day. It isn't that, but we just have a relationship all the time if we're driving along. Like, you know, many of you, you know, he's just there. It's not the gosh, you've got to be on your program now. It's just you've got this relationship. And I thank God for what he's done, because I like this relationship too. And I just thought, that day, driving down that road, I never thought the significance of my prayer. And I realised it's a prayer of submission. I can't, you do. And it's amazing what God can do. So on that note, Joel, please. Come and take the floor. Pray for Joel, just in case he needs the Lord's help. <laughs> oh, Father God, we thank you for Joel being willing. So Simon's away preaching. We ask you to bless Simon where he is. But we thank you, Joel, a young lad, being willing to follow after you. And we thank you for the words you've given him to unpack this scripture. Although it's short, it's powerful. And Lord, it is challenging for so many of us, this one, um, that commandment. So we thank you for Joel. Speak through him in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's so nice to see all of you. Um, a pleasure and a privilege to be sharing here at English Camp again. It still amazes me every time Dad goes, Oh, you I just laugh at him and say, Are you sure? And he gives me a look and goes, Yes, I'm sure. And so I just want to say, You are so welcome. Whether you are here in person or you're watching online. And the fact that you're here says a lot. I think we can so easily just almost automatically come to church on a Sunday, but actually, I'm only guessing, but maybe you're here because you're hungry. Maybe you're here because you want to hear what God might be saying. Maybe you're here because you want to encounter the living God. And I want to say all of that is possible. And God will honour your obedience. God will honour your yes to him. Your yes to coming to the church. And so just to, to we just pray before we begin properly. 
So Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that your word is alive and powerful. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would make it so alive and powerful to each of us this morning. That we would hear what you are saying. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are wanting to teach each of us. That you are our teacher and our guide. And so would you leave this morning, Holy Spirit? Would we be so attuned to what you might be saying directly to us? Mm-hmm. And so, Father, if you have your way this morning, Lord, have your way. Come and do what only you can do. And would you make these words that you want them to do? Morning, we'll be exploring what that means and what that looks like to love God with all our heart, 
says, we love because he first loved us. We love in response to the love that he has shown us. And so first, to love God with all our hearts. It can be easy to fall into the misunderstanding of this one. Like, yes, we may feel like the heart is the basis and foundation of all feelings and emotions. But actually, this is not the case. Biblically and historically, when referring to the heart, we are actually talking about the centre of one's being. Loving God with all our hearts is choosing to worship Him with everything, despite and not dependent on the circumstances that may be surrounding us. The heart encompasses the concept of loving God all of the time. The root word of courage is core, which in Latin is and means heart. Living with courage daily can be a good way to remind ourselves to love God. We are called to be bold. We believe in the God that gives us the perfect love that casts out fear. The confidence in the truth of but God in a culture of uncertainty and fear. And I feel like that's so relevant for today with all things that are going on with COVID. Like when people are fearful of COVID, when people are fearful of another lockdown, we can come with the truth of but God. And Psalm 103, verse 1 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. However, it's important to note that it's only a heart of flesh that can truly and appropriately love God. I love the words of Ezekiel 37, verse 26, where it's the Lord speaking and he says, And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And just spontaneously, randomly, isn't it easy to have a stony heart without true loving? Isn't it easy to have a stubborn heart without true God wants us to have that heart of flesh that heart that beats for him. But isn't it easy to have a stony, stubborn heart? It is when we say yes to God, when we agree to follow him and partner with him so that he replaces our hearts. He replaces them so that they may be responsive to him, that we may hear what he's saying in those moments. That like Elijah, we might hear that gentle whisper. God is a father, and a father who longs for communion with his children. As a lot of people know, being in Sussex for this prolonged period of time was not my plan. Coming back to Bolney, having moved out for the best part of four years, it was much harder transition than I thought it would be. The lack of freedom to do what I want, when I want. The lack of being able to message a friend and say, let's go for coffee, let's do this, let's do that. And COVID just heightened that. It, in effect, locked me in with my family. Someone, like, in hindsight, the people I was trying to avoid, I was now locked in with. <laughs> and it's only recently that I've realised that. 
surveillance to avoid all the family rubbish. I wanted to get away from it. Read. 
Greek words, the simple words, not my will, but yours be done. This is the moment where Jesus is praying to his Father, our Father, on the Mount of Olives, moments before he is betrayed and arrested. A day that he knew was coming, but he was in such pain and anguish that he was asking his Father to please take the suffering and yet, and yet, his primary agenda was loving his father. And so in love, in worship and obedience to him, he says, not my will, but yours be done. He submits fully and wholeheartedly to his father. So love God for all our souls involves process and partaking of surrendering and yielding daily to him. <clears throat> to be okay with submitting to the one who has all power and authority. To say with boldness and confidence to the one who hears and knows every word that we say. Who knows when we whisper in our heart, not my will, but yours be done. Or your kingdom come in me. And so this links finally to the mind. Finally, with our thoughts and thinking being associated with the soul, we are also called to love the Lord our God with all of our minds. You probably all know the verse, Romans 12, verse 2, where it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For we're, we're conformed means or can be replaced with obey, observe, keep to. This world is not our home. I think it's so easy to get into the mindset of, yeah, this is where I am, where I was created to be. Heaven is our home. Heaven is eternal. All this stuff is temporary. For what is the plan? And I mean, we all know what's going on in this world at the minute, and it just doesn't seem to be getting better. I feel in my heart more often than not to pray the prayer, come, Lord Jesus, come. For we need him to come. We are getting into a season of irreversible change. It's really watching a very depressing, but eye-opening documentary called Sea Spiracy on Netflix. And it was basically saying that the seas in our world will be like swamps by 2048. This should be a wake-up call. And we can't fix it, but Jesus can fix it. And as children of God, we are created to think differently. It is a daily choice, like that of our soul. A daily choice in loving and following God to renew our minds. I don't know about you, but I've heard so much and so many voices about renewal is coming. Renewal will need to come. And yes, I agree. I think renewal is coming. But I believe it starts in you. I believe renewal starts in an individual. And as they are transformed, renewed in their thinking for 
for example, it will then trickle down to another, then another, then another. I see it's kind of like a tap. When you slowly turn it on, it may start with a few drops. But as you turn the tap on more, as God accelerates his kingdom, then water starts to rush out like great torrents of water. However, if we want to see renewal in our time, we have to be willing to be renewed. If we want to see renewal in our time, we have to be willing to be renewed. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, we are instructed to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Taking captive thoughts is simple. It is remarkably simple. It's such a lie that it's complicated. It is simply, to take captive the thought is simply to gain control over what you think about and being okay with repenting of the bad and cultivating the good. It requires intentionality and a desire to change. And maybe you need to hear that this morning. That desire to change. God sees your desire to change. The thoughts that we have should be of worship and love to Jesus. The one who is our Lord, our Saviour, but also our friend. How can it be that we call him our friend? So the majority of you will know of the family difficulties that we have faced. And as a result, while I was at the Petrified School of Ministry last autumn, it was interesting during a time of somewhat intense prayer ministry, I had the revelation that actually for six years I had held the line that life will always be like this. Home will always be a place of sorrow and heartache. However, through speaking through it and processing it with friends and my mentor, it really felt like that was changing to God saying, life will not always be like this. And I want to say that to all of you this morning, here or in person or in online, life will not always be like this. There is hope. Life is and can be an adventure. Trusting God is not only taking his hand, being willing to take his hand, but being comfortable with being led. Philippians 4 verse 8 reveals what we should think about. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I'm just going to slowly read all of those words again individually. And just allow you to have some time to really read those words in and out. True.
So can I encourage you this morning to spend time gazing upon the one who is already gazing. Turn to the one who is turned. Look at the one who is always looking. We believe in the God who is present with us, us individually, every moment of every day. And so to conclude, when thinking and praying and pondering and planning the preparation of this talk, I simply got the simple words for call to be childlike. There is a call to be childlike. It felt very strongly as though God was saying that within the context of loving God with all our hearts, all our souls, all our minds, that there is a call to be childlike. Little children have really big hearts. Little children receive well. Little children are happy to be led. Little children know how to trust. Little children have great faith. We are called to have the same. Childlike trust and surrender will lead to awe and wonder. Let there be greater wonder. Henry Nowen, the great Dutch Catholic priest, professor, writer and theologian says, Life is just a little opportunity for you during a few years to say to God, I love you too. Mm. And say that again. Life is just a little opportunity for you during a few years to say to God, I love you too.